0: This is the Music Halls of Fame podcast. This week, we honor the year in music for 2005, along with a member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame class of 2005. We also make the case for putting the New York Dolls into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Plus, our Spotlight Hall of Fame is the Grammy Museum Hall of Fame in Los Angeles, California. Before we get going with the podcast, like everyone tells you, please like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell so you'll know when these podcast episodes drop, which is usually every Thursday. Now, on to this week's episode. The year was 2005. In music, soon-to-be country superstar Carrie Underwood won American Idol. The first Guitar Hero video game was released. The Live 8 charity concerts to help pressure the richest nations to help the poorest nations took place worldwide. The concerts also featured a reunion of Roger Waters and Pink Floyd. In September, there was a charity telethon to aid victims of Hurricane Katrina. That telethon was the one where Kanye said his now-famous line, quote, George Bush doesn't care about black people. End quote. The year started off with two other charity concerts for relief efforts for the Boxing Day tsunami and earthquake that happened on December 26, 2004. In Europe, copyrights ended for songs that were recorded in 1954 and earlier. Michael Jackson was also found not guilty of child molestation in a court of law that year, but not in the court of public opinion, as we all know. Groups that formed in 2005 include Bridezilla, the band Perry, Five Finger Death Punch, Danity Kane, the Jonas Brothers, Nervo, and Neon Trees. Destiny's Child broke up after a tour in 2005. They would, of course, continuously reunite for some shows Beyonce's doing, like Coachella or the Super Bowl halftime show. Other bands who broke up until, of course, their inevitable reunions or announced their hiatus were except Autograph, Blink-182, The Calling, Cooler Kids, The Coors, Curve, Dirty Vegas, Eiffel 65, The Eurythmics, Jam and Spoon, the Osborne Brothers, not to be confused with the Brothers Osborne, the Postal Service, Rocket from the Crypt, and S Club 8, which was a spin off of the S Club 7 group. Groups that got back together in 2005 included Allison in Chains, The Backstreet Boys, Buck Cherry, Junior Mafia, Devourment, Love, and Vandergraph Generator. Rihanna, Chris Brown, and Panic! at the Disco released their debut albums in 2005. The Emancipation of Mimi by Mariah Carey was the biggest-selling album in America that year. Other top-selling albums in 2005 were from 50 Cent, Kelly Clarkson, Green Day, The Black Eyed Peas, Coldplay, Rascal Flatts, Gwen Stefani, Kanye West, and The Game. On the singles front, Mariah had the top single of the year with We Belong Together, which broke a record the week of August 5th when it was number one on nine different Billboard music charts all in the same week. Other top-selling singles were by Gwen Stefani with Hollaback Girl, Mario with Let Me Love You, Kelly Clarkson with Since You've Been Gone and also Behind These Hazel Eyes, Ciara and Missy Elliott with One Two Step, Kanye and Jamie Foxx with Gold Digger, Green Day with Boulevard of Broken Dreams, 50 Cent and Olivia with Candy Shop, and the Pussycat Dolls and Busta Rhymes with Don'tcha. In country music, Carrie Underwood had a very big year. Other artists who were hot that year were Big and Rich, Kenny Chesney, Brooks and Dunn, Toby Keith, Jason Aldean, Miranda Lambert, Dwight Yoakam, Dirks Bentley, Montgomery Gentry, Leanne Womack, Trace Atkins, and comedian Larry the Cable Guy. In hip-hop, 2005 was dominated by 50 Cent, who had hit songs Candy Shop, Disco Inferno, Out of Control, and Just a Little Bit on the albums, the documentary, The Massacre, and Get Rich or Die Trying soundtrack. Eminem with Mockingbird, Ying Yang Twins with Wait, T.I. with Bring Em Out, Fat Joe with Get Em Poppin', Kanye with Gold Digger, Trick Daddy with Sugar, Nelly with Err Time, The Game with Hated or Love It, Ja Rule with New York, and Jeezy with Soul Survivor were also big hip-hop hits. In Latin Music, Frankie Negron, Aventura, Olga Tanon, La Secta All-Star Panda, Reich, Neclobi, Andy Andy, Luis Fonzi, Jenny Rivera, Juanes, Grupo Montes de Durango, Looney Tunes and Baby Ranks, Patrulla 81, Cheyenne, RBD, Ivy Queen, Wisin and Yandel, Christian Castro, Luis Miguel, Sin Bandera, Tito Rojas, Ricardo Aronio, Daddy Yankee, Thalia, Grupo Mania and Ricardo Montanier all had very good years in Latin music. In dance, the biggest songs were dominated by the usual remix and pop and R&B types like Mariah Carey, Madonna, Jennifer Lopez, and Gwen Stefani. Hit songs by the more quote-unquote legit dance artists included Cascada's Every Time We Touch, Chemical Brothers' Galvanize, Obsession by Frankie J, Golf Raps' Ooh La La and Number One, Eurasia's Breathe, The Body Rockers' I Like The Way You Move, New Order's Crafty, Rupees' Tempted To Touch, Christine W's The Wonder Of It All, Delirium's remix of Sarah McLachlan's Silence, and the Postal Service's We Will Become Silhouettes. Tiesto also released his festival mainstay, an iconic EDM song, Adagio for Strings. Musicians who passed away in 2005 included opera soprano Bridget Nilsson, not to be confused with actress Bridget Nilsson. Brazilian singer Aurora Miranda, drummer Mike Botts, and guitarist Jimmy Griffin of Bread, drummer Tony Meehan of The Shadows, musician Ray Bumaté, blues singer R.L. Burnside, singer extraordinaire Mr. Luther Vandross, singer Shirley Goodman of Shirley & Company, singer Eugene Record of The Chilites, Barry Cowsills of The Cowsills, Who Drowned During Hurricane Katrina, Blues musician Clarence Gatemouth Brown, guitarist Nick Hawkins of Big Audio Dynamite 2, guitar legend Link Ray, drummer Mark Craney of Jethro Tull, singer songwriter Chris Whitley. Singer Long John Baldry. Guitarist Derek Griffiths of the Quarrymen. Drummer Keith Knudsen of the Doobie Brothers. Singer Edward Patton of Gladys Knight and the Pips. Singer Danny Joe Brown of Molly Hatchet, Guitarist Rod Price of Foghat. Singer Bobby Short. DJ Tommy Vance. Drummer Paul Hester of Crowded House. Singer David Wayne of Metal Church. Guitarist Dominique Triona of the Guess Who. Bassist Carl Mueller of Soul Asylum, bassist Stingray Davis of Parliament Funkadelic, country music star Chris LaDou, country music singer Sammy Smith, drummer Spencer Dryden of Jefferson Airplane, opera soprano Victoria de Los Angeles, and Jim Capaldi of Traffic. In awards for music that was released in 2005, U2 won the Grammy Award for Album of the Year for How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb and also Song of the Year for Sometimes You Can't Make It on Your Own. Green Day won Record of the Year for Boulevard of Broken Dreams and John Legend won Best New Artist. At the Billboard Music Awards, the big winners were 50 Cent, Mariah Carey, Gwen Stefani, and Green Day. At the American Music Awards, Gwen Stefani, Will Smith, Sugarland, and Green Day won big. Coldplay won Best British Album and Song at the Brit Awards. Michael Buble won Artist of the Year at the Juno Awards. Missy Higgins won Album of the Year, and Ben Lee won Song of the Year at the Aria Music Awards. The MTV Video Music Awards were held in Miami right around the time that Hurricane Katrina came roaring through Florida before crossing the state, strengthening in the Gulf of Mexico and heading into its eventual date with infamy in New Orleans. At that MTV Video Music Awards ceremony... Green Day won Video of the Year for Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Keith Urban won the Country Music Association Entertainer of the Year Award. John Legend won the Most Awards at the Soul Train Music Awards that year. At the Eurovision Singing Contest, which was held in Kyiv, Ukraine, Greece won for the song My Number 1. At the Tony Awards, Spamalot won Best Musical and La aux Folles won Best Revival of a Musical. The Pulitzer Prize for Music was shared by Steve Stuckey's Second Concerto for Orchestra, Steve Reich's You Are, and Elliot Carter's Dialogues. Musically at the Academy Awards, Brokeback Mountain won Best Film Score, while The 36 Mafia won Best Song for Its Heart Out There for a Pimp from the movie Hustle & Flow becoming the second rap stars to win Best Song after Eminem, of course, who won for the song Lose Yourself from the movie Eight Mile back in 2002. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ceremony was held on March 14, 2005 at the Waldorf Astoria Hotel in New York City. At the induction ceremony, The Hall inducted Seymour Stein and Frank Barcelona into the Non-Performer Lifetime Achievement Award category, as it was known back then. And in the Performers category, the Hall inducted Buddy Guy, Percy Sledge, The OJs, U2, and this next group. The Pretenders were started by lead singer and guitarist Chrissy Hynde. Hind was born in Akron, Ohio on September 7, 1951. She spent her childhood going to concerts in Cleveland, Ohio, then studied art at Kent State University and joined a short-lived band called Sat, Son, Matt. That band also had Mark Mothersbach, who eventually joined the iconic 80s band Devo. Chrissy was at Kent State when the infamous massacre of four student protesters by the Ohio National Guard troops happened on May 4, 1970, and while she herself wasn't injured, the boyfriend of one of her friends was one of the four students who were killed that day. Chrissy pulled up stakes and moved to London, England in May of 1973. Once there, she worked at the music magazine NME. She fell into the punk rock scene in the mid-1970s, working with The Damned and The Clash and even The Sex Pistols before eventually forming The Pretenders. Jerry Mickleduff was the original drummer, but he was replaced by Martin Chambers. The final lineup for the first album was Chrissy Hynde, Martin Chambers on drums, Pete Farndon on bass, and James Honeyman Scott on lead guitar. That lineup was the one that was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The Pretenders recorded their debut album, The Pretenders, named because as we all know, you can't be considered a recording artist without naming an album after yourselves. Anyway, the album had the hit song Brass in Pocket. Their second album, Pretenders Two, came out in August 1981 and got them more attention and success. One of the main themes of this band is the fact that they've gone through an awful lot of band members. Even before they settled on their lineup for their debut album, they went through a few more changes. Things might have been more consistent if Drugs hadn't played a huge part of the band's history. On June sixteenth, 1982, Farndon was released from the band due to not being able to perform properly because of his drug abuse. What is ironic is that two days later, a band member died from complications due to drug abuse. It wasn't Farndon though. He would actually die from drug abuse about a year later in 1983. Honeyman Scott was the one who passed away two days after he was extremely instrumental in getting Farnden fired from the band. Go figure. Chrissy and Martin pressed on by getting Billy Bremer from the band Rockpile and Tony Butler from the band Big Country to help out on what became their next big hit, Back on the Chain Gang. Then they decided to replace Bremmer and Butler with Robbie McIntosh and Malcolm Foster in order to finish their next hit album, 1984's Learning to Crawl, which also had the hit single Middle of the Road. After that, the band went through a ton of band members. Chambers was dismissed from the band after their appearance at Live Aid in 1985. Foster left right after Chambers did in protest. In 1986, the band released the album Get Close, which had the hit Don't Get Me Wrong. Then they went on tour with some session musicians, including Bernie Worrell of Parliament Funkadelic. Go figure. The parade of session musicians continued through various projects after that, although Chambers did come back in 1993. Overall, the Pretenders made 11 studio albums, 4 compilation albums, 1 EP, 4 live albums. Of those, their first three albums, Pretenders, Pretenders 2, and Learning to Crawl, all went top 10 in America. The group also released 54 singles. Of those, they had the worldwide hits Don't Get Me Wrong, My Baby, Time the Avenger, Show Me, My City Was Gone, Kid, I'll Stand By You, 2,000 Miles, Back on the Chain Gang, Brass in Pocket, and Middle of the Road. Presented for induction by Neil Young, who is a two-time Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee himself in 1995 as a solo inductee and as a member in 1997 of the group Buffalo Springfield. The Pretenders, with Chrissy Hynde, Martin Chambers, Pete Farndon, and James Honeyman Scott, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2005. Before we get to the rest of the podcast, we'd like to tell you about our other podcast, the Music History Today podcast. Every day we tell you what happened on that date in music history along with music releases, birthdays, and passings. So, if you like this podcast and want more music history, then please search the Music History Today podcast in audio or video form on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast from. This week we're going to shockingly have to make the case for putting the new york dolls into the rock and roll hall of fame i say shockingly because i thought they were already in so with that said to the tale of the tape we go the dolls actually had two incarnations their first was from 1971 to 1976 During that time, they released two albums, The New York Dolls, which went to number 116 on the Billboard Top Albums chart, and Too Much Too Soon, which went to number 167. They broke up for 25 years, then got back together in 2004, released three more albums that only got as far as 129 on the charts, and then permanently broke up in 2011 they also had a bunch of compilation albums live albums and even some demo albums they also released 15 singles their most famous songs are probably personality crisis trash jet boy stranded in the jungle land don't get start me talking granted that's not much of a hall of fame resume which is maybe why they're not in the hall yet however It is their influence over a major rock genre that should automatically have put them in by now. You see, the Dolls were at the very beginning of the punk rock era. They combined glam rock styles and along with the Velvet Underground and the Stooges were at the forefront of the New York City punk rock scene. They influenced future bands like the Sex Pistols, the Ramones, Kiss, Guns N' Roses, the Smiths, and a ton of others. Their most famous member, lead singer David Johansson, had another persona named Buster Poindexter and hit the top ten with that persona with the song Hot Hot Hot. The New York Dolls, simply put, were a force to be reckoned with and because of their influence on future punk rock bands alone, including all the aforementioned bands, all but one of whom, by the way, are already in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that the New York Dolls should finally be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. This week's Spotlight Music Hall of Fame is the Grammy Museum Hall of Fame in Los Angeles, California. There are actually three Grammy museums now, with one in Newark, New Jersey and the other in Cleveland, Mississippi, to go with the main one in L.A. The Recording Academy runs the museums, but has been inducting members into its Hall of Fame since 1974. The main Grammy Museum itself, with its Hall of Fame wing, opened in 2008 at LA Live, which is the downtown LA complex that has the Staples Center, which is now named after some sort of crypto thing or whatever. The museum has four floors, including a theater. Some of the past exhibits there have paid tribute to John Lennon, Roy Orbison, Latin singer Jenny Rivera, and also the world of hip-hop. Plus, they have ticketed evening discussions with artists such as Debbie Gibson. Ticket prices are $18 for adults, $15 for seniors and military members with ID, $12 for college students with ID, and also for kids 5 through 17. Children, 4 and under, and museum members are free. Its normal hours of operation are Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Sunday from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m., Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m., and closed on Tuesdays. However, due to the changing seasons, check the museum's website for updated hours and pricing as things always shift, especially in the summertime when you tend to get longer hours for museums and such grammymuseum.org is their website, and of course, we will throw that into the show notes for you. The Jackson Five were formed in Gary, Indiana. The group consisted of brothers Jackie, Tito, Jermaine, Marlon, and of course, a little brother Michael, who would eventually go on to have his own incredible solo career, which, you know, turned out okay. All right, not the ending of his life, mind you but the rest of it turned out okay. Their father, Joe, had a dream of being a professional boxer, but put all that aside in order to support his family, taking a job as a crane operator in the Gary, Indiana area. Joe also had dreams of being a musician himself. He actually had started a band called The Falcons with his younger brother, Luther, and their friend, Pookie Hudson. But the band broke up, Hudson then started his own group, which became the doo group The Spaniels, who had the hit song Goodnight Sweetheart Goodnight. As with a lot of parents who had dreams that didn't work out for one reason or another, Joe pushed his musical dreams onto his son's. He was an extreme taskmaster who would make the brothers practice for hours on end in order to hone their craft. To some people, his behavior with his family bordered on abuse. These days, that would at least get you a visit from child services. But this was the 1960s, so uh, no. The J-5, as they are sometimes called, started playing talent shows, then started doing theater shows like Harlem's Apollo Theater. It was at the Apollo, actually, that Gladys Knight first heard them and sent their demo tape to Motown Records, where their tape was actually rejected. They were signed instead to a small label called Steeltown Records. The J5 recorded the songs Big Boy and We Don't Have to Be Over 21 to Fall in Love with Steeltown Records. They performed as the opening act for the group Bobby Taylor and the Vancouver's at the Regal Theater in Chicago, Illinois. Bobby was so impressed with the group that he arranged for the J5 to get a second shot with Motown. He set up an audition where, this time, President and owner Barry Gordy listened to their audition tape. Again, though, Motown turned them down. See, they didn't want a young act because they already had another young act, some teenager at that time by the name of Little Stevie Wonder. I think he turned out okay. However, after thinking about it for a little while, Motown decided to take a chance and actually signed the band to a contract. In 1969, they recorded and released their full-length debut album called Diana Ross Presents the Jackson 5. Fellow Motown artist Diana had become the group's caretaker of sorts for Motown in order to get the group acclimated to the Motown assembly line way of doing things and to also get them some extra publicity. That album had one release, but it was a big one. Their number one smash single, I Want You Back. In the next six years, they put out 14 albums for Motown Records, including a live album, a Christmas album, a soundtrack album, and a 1971 Greatest Hits album, which was actually the first album that I ever bought that wasn't considered a kid's album like Sesame Street. There you go. They also released 17 singles that hit the Billboard Top 100s chart. Out of those 17 singles, their first four singles hit number one, and they had three others hit number two. They also became teen idols with a TV variety show, which introduced their sister Janet to America, and also a Saturday morning cartoon show. The song that the Grammy Museum put into its Hall of Fame in 2017 was the group's second official single. ABC was the title track from their second album. The song was written and produced by the Motown Collective known as The Corporation, which consisted of label head Barry Gordy, Freddie Perrin, Deke Richards, and Alfonso Mizzell, who was part of the producing duo with his brother Larry called the Mizzell Brothers. While Motown's musicians often went uncredited during the 1960s, it is believed that the musicians playing on the song, other than the Jacksons, were David T. Walker, Lewis Shelton, and Don Peake, all of those on guitar. Wilton Felder on bass guitar, Gene Pello on drums, Freddie Perrin on keyboards, Sandra Crouch on tambourine, and somebody on bongos. No one seems to remember who that was, actually. Don and Gene, by the way, were members of Motown's now-famous house band, The Funk Brothers. The song ABC was recorded at Motown's recording studio in Detroit, Michigan in December of 1969, It was the third track listed on the 12-track album and was released as a single in America on February 24, 1970. The B-side song was The Young Folks, which was a song that was originally recorded by Diana Ross and the Supremes. Three days before the single's release, the Jackson 5 promoted it with a performance on American Bandstand. ABC was their second straight number 1 song and holds the honor of knocking the Beatles song Let It Be off the top spot. ABC also hit number 1 on the American R&B chart. Overseas it went to number 24 in Belgium, number 14 in Australia and number 8 in Great Britain, selling over 600,000 copies in the UK. It also sold over 100,000 copies in Japan. ABC also had another run up the charts during the renewed interest into Michael Jackson's music after his untimely death in 2009. Told you, everything was going okay right up until then. During that year, ABC went to number 50 in the UK, number 38 in Ireland, and number 43 in Australia. The song got the group nominated for a Best Pop Performance by a duo or group with Vocals Grammy in 1971, where it was beaten by the Carpenter song Close to You. 46 years later, the Grammy Awards put ABC into their Hall of Fame. The song ABC from the album ABC by the group the Jackson 5 or the J5. They eventually were called the Jacksons once they left Motown Records. In any event, the song ABC inducted into the Grammy Museum Hall of Fame in 2017. And that is it for this episode of the Music Halls of Fame podcast. For more podcast episodes, which drop every Thursday in audio and video form, then please like, subscribe, and click the notification bell on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio Podcasts, CastBox, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from.